0: We get live right now, man. It's going down, excited for the season. You know, we coming off a playoff win. I mean, you know, we had a couple wins.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Brew Hoop podcast. I'm Adam Paris, co-managing editor of brewhoop.com. Thrilled to be joined by... My two compatriots, Kyle Carr and Riley Feldman, for the first time in quite a while. Fellas, how are we doing?
2: We're doing really good. Weather updates, cold in the Twin Cities for the first time in a very, very long time. We had a super late, late summer going on here, uh, so that's unfortunate. But uh, just been hanging out, watching the only perfect team in basketball, so things are going well by me.
0: I am glad to make my triumphant uh, season debut. Um I forgot why I didn't make it the first time. I'm trying to remember. I don't know. But it's good to be back, basically. It's good to be back, and I'll laugh at Philly later on, and I'll laugh at a lot of other teams. But, yeah, the Bucks are good and undefeated and fun. I, I think that's kind of the nice thing. They are fun to watch, even when their offense sometimes looks like it is ran by a YMCA uh, fifth-grade league <laughs> They yeah they're getting a lot of
1: offensive rebounds that's good try hard stuff. Um, this, yeah I would say decidedly not a fun weekend here in Philadelphia for Philadelphia sports fans. Union lost um, I, I in heartbreaking watching. fashion. That, that was rough. Uh, that, the broadcast said it was the greatest MLS game of all time. It was the first one I've ever watched, so I felt really excited to be tuning in. Yeah, were that you, one. did
2: you feel privileged on the couch while you're eating some Cheetos? You're like this is special. <laughs>
1: I I really did. I, I really felt special about that one. That was tough. And then the Phillies lost Saturday night, so the city had gotten all swept up in that. Um, but I did go out today. There was a guy in Philly that had been eating rotisserie chicken for 40 straight days. I heard about that. So I went out to the abandoned pier today with Haley, and um, we sat there with about 300 other people and watched this guy finish <laughs> off his 40th chicken. So
2: wow i love that story <laughs> that's a that's a really special father-daughter moment for you for you guys to share wow
1: yeah it, it really is <laughs> um and and speaking of unforgettable streaks the bucks are nine and zero best start in <laughs> franchise history and i'll pivot straight to that because uh We've got, to, we, all we have our wins to talk about. I mean, the Bucks just keep winning in various different fashions, but first and foremost, it's Giannis kind of going out and, and decimating the field. I think he's second in points per game still behind Luca, who's like shooting and has an astronomically high usage rate. But we'll start with the, the duo of Pistons wins. The first one was a 110-108 win. Giannis had 31, drew 25, Brooke 24, um, that was already almost a week ago, so it's hard to even remember everything that happened. But then the second one was a just a, a beat down, 17 steals for Milwaukee. Giannis had 32 points. Drew had 26. Kind of a, a, a similar story in that one, but the Bucks were one, one significantly more decisively in that one than in the Pistons one that they had. The first one that they had to kind of eke out, so... Um, I don't know, early takeaways from beating down uh, another Central Division opponent, Riley, after those first two wins.
2: The Pistons are in a better space than they were previously, but they're still probably not there there. the They like have the youth thing that we've seen or will be a feature for a lot of teams. Where we'll try to outrun the other team, or they have a lot of length on their team, but the issue, as a lot of teams are finding out now, is... Giannis is still really tall and strong and Brooke Lopez is having like the greatest year of his uh, bucks ten tenure so far. And those are two genuine seven footers that are tough to cover. And so um, unsurprising the first one, as Kyle mentioned, the, fifth grade offense that we sometimes run <laughs> a little simplistic. And so I think even in the thunder game, like the final seven minutes, we scored two points being free throws. So if it's not Giannis out there, we're not scoring, but the fact that we were able to still come out, I think a uh, testament all these games, really a testament to where Giannis has uh, elevated himself to uh, just because a team is young and maybe a little bit more athletic overall does not mean they're going to be able to beat us. I'm like, Looking through the box score here, uh, nobody really stood out all that much for Detroit. And that makes sense because they're young and we have a really rock solid defense. Um, but I didn't even watch the first Pistons game, so I can't really comment on that. But I assume it was very similar to the second one, except our offense sucked more than in the second game.
0: Yeah, it was kind of one of those where the first game was like the Bucks were always comfortably ahead, but the Pistons were just pesky enough to stay in the game. And then like once you got to the end, I was like, okay, now the Bucks really need to get it together. That's when Drew hits the big three. And I I think it was one of those where the Pistons were just pesky. They're like that. And I said that, like they look like a team that, like you said, Riley, they're still a few they're probably like two, three years away from really doing something special with the players that they have. But I would say I think it showed the fearlessness in them. Um, but then you get to the second game and Milwaukee shoots the ball better defensively they dialed it up a notch kind of gave them more fits getting like 17 steals or something like that and they still had no answer for Giannis so I think what we saw in the two games are is like the Pistons are definitely pesky they're gonna be like that annoying team that they might beat some good teams and I wouldn't be surprised but I think it's still a little too soon to really have them be in that like play-in status but I think if you're a fan of that team, I would be excited to watch them. I mean, it at least seems like for the first time since, I don't know, like probably when they had like Ben Wallace and Rip Hamilton and all them, you actually have a team that you can give a shit about, which they didn't have when Blake Griffin was their best player, so...
2: I should note, um, they have like four dudes who are almost the exact same height, or at least when you're watching on TV, it's like, okay, so their lead point guard is six foot seven. Their center is six foot seven. Their small forward's like six foot seven. It's almost giving me John Hammond vibes where he just copy and pasted dudes that are roughly the same size. This is like Toronto, too. They all have literally everybody on the team is the exact same size and weight. And depending on how you structure your defense that can throw a lot of challenges. But I think right now with their, like the, the youth is probably shows through and that they can't really establish a really good defense. Um, and so even the fact that we run a rudimentary offense, Giannis is good enough just to overpower all those guys who are going to be too undersized. And again, that's a common theme throughout the, all the games that we've won so far.
1: Yeah, it was, the 17 steals game was kind of crazy they they were just turning the ball over and over and over and the bucks were feasting on them repeatedly it drew the i think the biggest thing is really drew holiday snapped out of whatever slump he's been in yep. to start the season and this whole past week um besides the thunder game i guess but uh i mean he was 25 plus points in both pistons games and the t wolves game nearing Triple double territory in that first Pistons game. He's really he's looked much more confident, not just being able to shoot the ball, but um, not turning it over to the degree that sometimes we got we got used to with Drew in the past as well. So um, really, it seems like Kyle he's turned it on after a slow start to the season.
0: Yeah, and I mean it wasn't like he. I think he just stopped forcing things as much. I think that's kind of the biggest thing I've seen in him is he stopped forcing things as much. I think Giannis is getting him better passes, I think, with teams also now having to focus a lot more on Brook than I think maybe we would have realized in the first couple games of the season. I think that's given him a, that's given Drew a little bit more space to operate in. So I think a lot of it is just like the presence of Brook has really made things easier for him because now it's like, okay, you can't just – Close off, you know, Drew trying to take a three because you have Brooke who's going to make a run to the rim, you know, if there is a pick and roll, or you have guys around the wings that are hitting shots as well. So I think that has been the key thing. And I think a lot of it, and also maybe it's just it took him a while to kind of get into his rhythm. So it's not like he had much preseason action either. Uh, So I think it's a promising sign and hopefully he keeps it going.
2: And there were probably some internal questions, maybe just in his mind or maybe just the team in general of what does the offense look like while Chris is away, while Pat is away because those are guys who are obviously pick up a lot of load and we don't know what Brooke is going to look like. Uh, We don't know how Javon Carter is going to fit in at the very beginning. It seemed like Javon was pushing too much. So Drew's like, okay, well that means I have to pick it up even more. So I think that kind of feeds in what Kyle is saying, but we've seen, Brooke emerge, Giannis is Giannis, obviously. Javon Carter has had a couple of like decent shooting nights. He's his role is reduced as a creator, unless of course he cho- calls his own number, which he does a lot. But when he doesn't, uh, he's finding like better shot attempts. So I think the structure of the offense is kind of settled now, where Drew understands who he can trust, how he can play with whoever, and that probably lightens the little a little bit. And it also helps that Javon Carter has. Been pretty damn good defensively. So that gives him a nice running mate at the two guard spot um, or at the whatever as point guard, as him as the shoot guard, shooting guard. Um, Javon is a defensive buddy, is also helpful in conserving energy and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, you weren't, we only had a small sample size when Riley and I recorded first, but what have you thought of Javon in the starting lineup, Kyle, so far?
0: I. It made sense based off of how well he was playing and shooting in the preseason. And then we kind of got through the first week of the season. i was like, okay, maybe, maybe not. Maybe we should <laughs> see what Grayson Allen can do over there. Like, I don't know. And I think offensively he has dialed it back, which has been helpful. But Milwaukee's defense, when... I mean, with those two, with Drew, Javon, Giannis, and Brooke, you have four out of five guys that are just going to make the living hell out of the other team. And I think if they were to include Wes, like you, like they have legitimate like, five-man rotation that defensively no one is scoring on them. It's going to be absolute hell. You're going to need to just shoot the best you've ever shot in your life to kind of do something about it. And I think that's kind of the... I think that's why Javon is there I think he is taking that load off of Drew I think it allows him to you know instead of Drew picking up guys at full court Javon can kind of come in to pick up the guys at full court so I don't know what's going to happen once Chris comes back whether you make that adjustment and maybe you have Javon come off the bench if you keep if you keep him as a starter you just throw him at three I don't know what's going to happen there but I think it's worked out and I mean we see with Milwaukee's defensive rating you see like the top like 10 guys in defensive rating in the NBA and it's just all Milwaukee pretty much from like one to one through 10 I think there's maybe like what five or six potentially Bucks players on that list
2: it's very interesting because he doesn't have length in terms of his arms I mean he's relatively short and yet his main difference is he'll literally just be in your grill the whole time we'll talk about the Thunder game in a little bit but He, every time Shai Gilgit Alexander tried to drive or start initiate offense, Javon Carter is right there. And maybe that in certain defenses, that would be a problem because if he gets blown by, how does the rest of the defense in years past, we'd have Pat Marjan coming off the bench, the everybody would be crashing off the bench. We'd have 15 players all in that one driving guy. Now we seem to have a little bit more of an understanding of stay home. And with Brooke playing as well as he does, I think for the short term, that's like a perfect fit with what we're trying to do. Now, when Pat is back, when Chris is back, so far this season, I think George and Javon, for the most part, have split minutes almost evenly. So like if Javon plays 15 or 16 or 17, George Hill almost plays 17, 18 minutes roughly equally. What'll be interesting is when we're healthy, how does that work out? Because I can't imagine both of them are going to see a knock to the minutes. I would see, imagine one gets the primary duty. I don't know which way that'll go. Um, I would assume George Hill, even though Javon's been in the starting lineup, but I, I have no idea which way that'll go yet.
1: Lineup, uh, lineup's going to be fascinating, especially given when Ingles comes back, too. I think they clearly want him to be a part of the rotation and, as well. And with
2: Marjan with such a hot hand, I mean, how can you bench him? You know what I mean? Well, when, we, when... <laughs> yeah, that's a... Like...
1: It's a great segue yeah, into this uh, this T Wolves game 115-102 <laughs> win for the Bucks. I, la, I mean, last time we talked, to Riley, we were just talking about how Bochamp clearly needed the full season to
0: even look like he was going to be able to. And I was going to say, I was <laughs> glad I'm coming back this week. <laughs> damn it, you two are way too pessimistic.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is why we I know people it, were saying in the comments, like we need you weren't nearly hot enough on the Sixers, Riley. I was like, we needed Kyle there, and Adam and I are like a couple eors. We needed Kyle here to help bring us up again i know
1: it aged so well the bucks went are <laughs> nine and zero, and we were just literally just
0: talking about why we're low on them this year tomorrow. i was like i don't know, know if sucks. we're gonna
2: make the play in <laughs>
0: <laughs> no i am very happy i was gonna say before this uh game i was like the biggest thing for Marjan is can he look like a competent nba player in some capacity and we knew defensively that was likely what was gonna happen so the fact that he now added an offensive game To make it work out as well, that is just even better. And I don't know, like I'm okay with getting carried away. I'm okay with having fun. I mean, we did the whole thing with Dante when he was here, just because it was like, oh, a young player that isn't a complete load of garbage. Yes, we that that's what we need. We need that for the season. So if Marjan has a good game, look how it let's get a little carried away with that.
2: Yeah, Dante is now a warrior. Look at how that worked. He was a king and then a (laughs) warrior. That's championship mentality.
1: Okay, no, I I do agree though because it's just been so long since any of these draft picks have really even panned out. Malcolm Brogdon probably aside, I think that the, the you know you could see from the T Wolves game he he has a good game, he scores fourteen points, and then the next game he goes one for eight or whatever in his first start for the Thunder, which is which is fine, right? This is what part of being a rookie is is being is is can you string things together consistently? But I thought the the the, the most the best thing I thought about Marjan is that the more minutes he's got, he's looked significantly more comfortable than he did early in the season. When basically anytime he seemed to touch the ball, he would just bumble it out of bounds. Or when he was trying to take people off the dribble, it was like, oh no, if you start dribbling, it's an automatic turnover. Please don't do that. Like, and even that happens a little bit in summer league too. Mm-hmm. And you can see him growing more comfortable. And in the Pistons game, there was a, a transition opportunity. It was Giannis and Marjan running the two-man game. Giannis threw a pass to Marjan, which he kind of fumbled and threw out of bounds. Giannis took the blame. That was a bad pass. I thought Marjan should have just caught it and put it up. And then you literally see the same scenario the next game in the T-Wolves game. Giannis, Marjan in transition, and they're able to make it happen, and Marjan finishes through contact. And it's like those are the those are the baby steps towards seeing clear improvement for a rookie that is nice to see for someone who who – you know, hasn't played that much basketball in the last two years. You know, the G League was really like the only high level basketball he's done for quite a while.
2: You can see the, yeah, I think oh, sorry, go Kyle, you go.
0: Oh, I was just going to say, I think the big thing for him kind of was, you don't see as much hesitation. Like, I think that was the biggest thing in the Timberwolves game and even last night is he didn't really hesitate. He got the ball, he had a shot, he took the shot. Like, I think that was something, it's just the growing confidence And I mean, we saw in Summer League, like he is not a guy that you need to be designing plays for. He is not a guy that should be initiating offense, but he is someone that if he gets the ball and he can do a rip drive and get to the rim, great. If he's someone that gets a baseline cut, great. You know, that's what I think utilizing it, keeping it simple for him is going to be so necessary when you have Giannis out there being able to give you passes. When you have Drew out there, you have all these other guys who are going to be expected to kind of be the man on offense. It allows you to do a little bit. You don't have to complicate things. It's very straightforward. I think that's
2: helped. He's the type of guy where it's impressive that he's not so psyched out of his own mind. The fact that he's starting or playing these games, like you said, Adam, he hasn't played a couple of G League Ignite games, but he's never played at like a really high level college or whatever. And to come out here and you got Giannis you know, doing some stupid over the head, like three quarters across the court pass to you. And even though he'll fumble it occasionally to catch it. And then even to get a three up and make it, I'm like, okay, that's like way more than I would have expected you to do seamlessly within the sequence of an offensive set. So it's both encouraging that he's there already a little concerning that we have to be encouraged that he's there, I guess, but that's what you get for picking in the twenties. I like the fact that when he's out there, no matter who makes a three on the team, he always celebrates it. Does he's on the court, he celebrates it. I like that team player. I'm also like the fact that no matter who gets the shot up, he's crashing the boards. He's like, I'm just trying to see if I can get an offensive rebound. I'm like, I don't know if somebody's telling you to do that, but okay, great. If you want to attempt that, sometimes it pulls him out of position on a transition defensive opportunity. I think he would be more useful there, but you know, what do I know? I have no idea. Maybe he's just freewheeling out there. I like all the athletic ability he has, the fact that he has a pulse at all is great. I totally anticipate him never being any sort of high-level plus on offense. His his dribble is just way too loose. Like his handle's loose. He bounces it up to his shoulder. That's asking for dudes to just pickpocket him all the time. But if he can grow into his body. Put on more muscle. I don't know. He's not going to grow any taller, but if, even if he just puts on more muscle, you can see the potential that's all there. He has good speed in the open court, uh, which helps him on like some offense possession. So there are things to be excited about, but from all his other, uh, you know, chances on the court besides the T-Wolves game, mostly been a mixed bag. It's just good on a primetime game against what's supposed to be a pretty good team to have like a good outing like that. That's, that's all you can ask for, really. So I'm, I'm happy with that too.
1: Yeah, I mean, defense will be his calling card for now, and you saw Bud kind of give him a few more
2: minutes. Yeah. So there was this clip of Giannis this past week where he was talking about, oh, what's the comparison between you a decade ago and you today? And he said, oh, it's when I checked into the New York Knicks game and I saw the hunger in his eyes. Do you guys think this will be Marjan's Giannis-Knicks game? Like, this will be the first... Like coming up to him becoming like something greater. Will we look back at this day with like <laughs> with uh with tears in our eyes? I mean, when you
0: do it on national TV, like I can't think of yeah, things yeah, right now.
2: against the Timberwolves of all teams. That's that's huge, <laughs> very similar to the Garden. I mean, Token the problem Center. is it
0: was the 9 p.m. game, so you don't get that many people. You, you know, no one east of the Mississippi was really paying that much attention.
2: People are like, Marjan, who Mar what. <laughs> And you know what Giannis had that same problem so I'm starting to see a lot of similarities between these guys. Uh, uh I don't even know what I'm, else I'm, I'm <laughs> trying to match our comments. pessimism <laughs> from last podcast that's all. <laughs> uh
1: he's I mean he's looked pretty good defensively too. His whole thing is like he he's, he's always looked like a pretty good contester. Uh I have strong doubts whether he can play any I don't even know how many minutes he had in his start but He is a little foul happy, so I I I think we got a little bit of Thon. um, Thon, he's like a he's
2: like a Thon and Larry Sanders combined into a shorter shorter mega person. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
1: but I I mean, other than that, the the T Wolves game was probably the stiffest test of this past week, given the Pistons and Thunder are are going to be in a tank fest eventually, and Giannis twenty six points, fourteen rebounds, eleven assists. I I mean, Riley. I would say a little less efficient than normal, but it was just basically because Chris Finch told his whole team to sprint at Giannis anytime he was dribbling
2: inside the arc. It was crazy to watch because we haven't seen something like that in two or three, like two seasons, where a team showed out that much. They're like, just throw everybody. Who cares? You know, uh, our point guards go for it. Anthony Edwards, get in there. <laughs> both both our centers, get in there and. <laughs> After a while, after the first couple of possessions of that, Giannis is like, oh, okay, I can just stop at like, you know, above the break and just pass it out to literally any of my wide open teammates. And that went a long way to the 11 assists. Giannis was looking for Marjan over and over again, which I thought was nice just as like a boost. And also the guy's going to be open, so you might as well feed it to him to see if he can handle it. And this was the game that jumped out to me of how Giannis's understanding of positioning And in the margins, especially, is almost Brook like on the defensive end. So, why Brook works is he knows how far out to show on somebody, how to kind of fall back, how to shut off the easy pass of the big man, but also make sure you don't get an easy floater. And even though we run a 1920s offense, when Drew and Giannis do a pick and roll, you can see the Timberwolves employ two gigantic men as starting, you know, centers. You know, one's a power forward, one's a center. And then they have like guys with some length, uh, whether or not they actually try um, is another question, but they play so well off of each other because Giannis has stays just enough distance to pull Rudy Gobert with them or Carl Anthony Towns or whoever with them. And then Drew was routinely able to get like an easy shot at the basket because Giannis understands, okay, they're throwing three defenders, two defenders at me. I can drag them even off a simple uh, pick and roll action. And still score or help another person score. So this that was the most uh, notable thing to me, I would say.
1: Yeah, and the T Wolves gave the Bucks trouble last year. Obviously, they are a significantly different team this year, but I think they beat the Bucks both times last year. So not insignificant that Milwaukee was able to win this one. But it also was pretty clear that you know they are still trying to figure some stuff out, and the Bucks were ahead by quite a bit t Wolves kept trying to get into it, but they just they just couldn't pull it out in the end. And I I would say one one refreshing thing from this one, Kyle, was to see the Bucks finally hit some shots from deep, nearly like fifty percent. That's kind of been uh, missing the entire year up to that point.
0: It had been a while, and I think it also was just more of the the shots were going to fall. They were. It's Milwaukee was weird in which the people that you would expect to hit shots just were struggling. But then you finally get, you know, Grayson Allen, you have Marjon chipping in, surprisingly. And I think what helped is with how the Timberwolves are set up, you kind of have Rudy Gobert, who's going to roam around the paint, kind of a la Brooke, like he is going to protect that. But then you have Carl Anthony Towns playing a four, and he's not great of a defender. Then you have D'Angelo Russell, who just does not care about defense. You have Anthony Edwards, who... I yeah. could care about defense, but doesn't that much. It's I think the Timbers personnel also gave Milwaukee a lot more chances to kind of get those shots. And I think it was just one of those nights where, yeah, those shots were falling, and the shooters that you would expect to shoot well did. But yeah, the Timbers are just a weird team. It just feels as though I get why they made the move, but I like I would not have made the move. I don't think it was a good move. I get it, but it just seems like. You're doing, you gave up all of that to maybe go one round further than you did. And I don't know if that's going to be, if that's really worth it.
2: They had to do something because I've literally lived in the Twin Cities for a decade and I've never met a Timberwolves fan. I've never genuinely <laughs> met a Timberwolves fan from here. So they had to do something. They just chose the exact wrong direction to go in, which, you know, they were right, like, okay. we can blame the gamble, but <laughs> it wasn't a good gamble. They're like, we have a starting lineup full of dudes who really couldn't give an F or are incapable of defending. So let's just give one guy to fix it all. And they were like, right, this will <laughs> work. And uh looks like it might be a little bumpy for him. But at, at the same time, you still, Rudy Gobert has a really great um, reputation as a defender. He is a great defender. He just doesn't have anything for Giannis because Giannis is strong and has lateral movement. But even then, even if he wasn't just covering Giannis, there's a lot of other guys who he'd be able to cover in theory on on our team, including Drew Holiday. And Drew had, I think he was like 12, 24 from the floor uh, against the T-Wolves. But again, a lot of that was some pretty decent looks he was able to generate near the rim just because Giannis is able to pull big men, especially Rudy Gobert, out of the way um, just by his the threat of his existence. So I, that's what drove home to me was like, OK, even against a team that has supersized defenders, um, even if they don't execute, we're able to pull it apart and get guys relatively decent looks in situations where they probably shouldn't normally get those.
1: Yeah, I, I thought the Timberwolves might have been the worst defensive team I've seen all year in, in terms of effort. Um there there were just some possessions in the second half that were just really kind of embarrassing, like dribbling very easily dribbling past them, showing very little effort. And I get you want to shade towards Giannis, and that might be your strategic plan, but um I don't know. It it, it just looked really bad out there. And I think they'll obviously improve as the season goes on, but it, it looked really rough. Um and, and speaking of the fact that you've never met a Timberwolves fan, there also were very loud audible Bobby chants that broke out in the middle of the game and Bucks and Six chants that might have been louder than any sort of I'm not as familiar with the Timberwolves chants, but I didn't really hear whatever their their cheers are. Uh,
0: that was kind of rough. I, I feel like the Timberwolves, like being a Timberwolves fan, you either just casually watch basketball and they're just a team that's there. So you're like, okay, fine, why not? You really care kind of like how we cared about the Bucks, like back in the day. Or you got a ticket because your job was giving it away and you got tickets. You're like, okay, cool. Sure. Why not? Like, I feel like it's like, it's gotta be one of those three. Like you're just a casual basketball fan. So then you just go to the Timberwolves cause it's right there. You really, really care. Like you really, really gotta care. Like, I feel like you can't just be a casual Timberwolves fan. I feel like you gotta be like all in.
2: I'm I'm pissed off because they're now a marquee team. So the tickets are expensive. They need to start losing their asses off. So to more <laughs> games. And it's a shame I wasn't able to go because when I go to Timberwolves games and the Bucks are there, I'm a menace. I scream the entire time. I'm like, I don't curse. I don't curse at the players, but I do yell at the players almost the entire game, no matter what. I've had great moments yelling at carl anthony towns and jimmy butler who and i I usually splash out for the tickets so i can be close so they can hear me Um, so so i was proud of all the bucks fans who were there and i have there have been rowdy bucks fans in the past there's so many transplants that come to the twin cities so totally unsurprising given the moribund history of the timberwolves for there to be probably more passionate bucks fans there Uh, so shame i wasn't able to go but i'm glad people were able to show up
0: yeah i feel like it's like even when they were bad, like tickets were still expensive. I was like, why is it this expensive? <laughs> this team is not good. This should Literally not
2: happen. Nothing else to do in wintertime in Minnesota. So, Well, I was to
0: say, you, you still have the Minnesota Wild, but I guess like that's in the other city, so.
2: Anyways, they were an interesting test stylistically given their roster construction, but the Bucks passed with relatively. Flat. This is the first one that you could say of the games we played so far was like a test and we passed it relatively easily i'd say
1: yeah i'd say wolves and hawks i would consider a test just given their like pick and roll Mm -hmm. they're really test the pick and roll defense we'll have more chances for that coming up too uh last game of the suite was a 108 94 win over the oklahoma city thunder Giannis antetokounmpo didn't play in this one so we got a lot of supporting cast uh breakout grayson had 19 points Brooke had 25 points. He's been ridiculous to start the year, like absolutely crazy. Javon Carter got hot, hit 18 points. Bobby Portis, 21 rebounds. Uh, it's crazy. It really seems like... Uh, I mean, we haven't talked about him much, but he's definitely, Kyle, it kind of seems like he's
0: really going for that sixth man of the year. And this was uh, this was a good pat, stat padding game. This yeah. is a strong showing. And the thing is, he didn't shoot that well. Like he, like, granted, a lot of his misses were just like point blank, got to put try and go in for the putback. But it is funny how Bobby's shooting has not been spectacular. And yet to, he has just been crashing the boards at his rebound. Like that game, there was a stretch where the Bucks missed like four straight threes. But Bobby got all the offensive rebounds. I was like, okay, this is great. And Milwaukee had 18 offensive rebounds to kind of give everyone context. Like he had four, Drew had four, just because someone batted – like brought Bobby or Brooke would just bat it back to them. So, no, I, I think he's making a strong case. Like I said, having 21 rebounds, I, I don't – I've never seen Bobby have that many rebounds. I don't even know if – that that has to be a career high for him, but – the fact that he is kind of doing it in that aspect while his shooting still hasn't really gotten up to speed, I, I think that is going to make a strong case for him being six man of the year. And I think especially with this bench unit, you know, when, you know, Chris comes back, when Pat comes back, I think it'll be really interesting to see how this bench, like we could legitimately see a bench mob of possibly like Grayson Allen, Bobby Portis, Pack on it to Joel Ingalls. Like you have all these guys that can really contribute in some way, shape or form. So yeah, no, it was, it was a good, it was a good um, rebounding display from Milwaukee. I think the other thing was Grayson Allen, five of six from three was huge. I think it was good to see him again, continue finding that rhythm after what looked to be a very bad knee injury uh, in one of the Pistons games. I was like, Oh, he doesn't, yeah, that didn't look great. And then he's back. He had five shooting five of six. It's pretty nice. No, Giannis, no problem.
2: Uh, Bobby's crazy because his one, I should say, I really don't think his shooting motion is sped up almost at all. So all that (laughs) he's locked in, I'm sure he was locked in, but it's hard to like move away from your shot motion. Um, So probably he's, Trying to work that out. He's almost on a per game basis, uh, almost doubled the number of rebounds he has from his like career average so far, (laughs) which is I mean, the 21 went a long way to pushing that up. But even like the previous couple of games, he had, you know, eight rebounds, nine rebounds, eight rebounds. Like he's been grabbing a lot of rebounds, which it's not that I don't think of Bobby as a rebounder, but I what was our joke? Last year, he just bats it out. He'll, like, get up. He won't actually go for the rebound. And maybe even that was coached, and now it's like, oh, actually try to grab it. Um, But he's been decent to start. I think he's been, like, Bobby Portis for the most part, maybe with a little bit more of an emphasis on rebounding or his role in the offense. Javon Carter, another, like made every three he took and he got in his own head and he was like, okay, I'm going to start calling my own number. And it was a repeat for three or four possessions. It was a repeat of earlier in the year where he was like, okay, now I'm going to try and drive. And it was like, that's just not going to happen whatsoever. And he turned it over. I'm like, okay, so you still can't really drive effectively. That's fine. So as long as he can shoot threes, that's fine. Marjan. Happy to see him get five rebounds. He's contributing <coughs> even when he cannot score, given all the opportunities in the world. Now It's like, the Thunder have been decent so far, and yet the core identity of the Bucks, being defense first held through again, even without Giannis out there. And I think that a lot of that has to do with Brooke, as we talked about with Drew and Jabana's done a good job. And a lot of the other guys, they know the roles already. So um, this is exemplified in the past. I'd be like, OK, Giannis is out. Chris is out. Thunder have been okay to start the year. They beat like the Mavs and the Clippers twice already this year. And we still hung in there and still won. So I think it's a testament to how how solid we are against all odds. We're much more solid than pretty much any other team we've come across so far, including the Thunder, obviously.
1: Yeah, so I was looking at, I was just looking this up because we were talking before we started recording about how we've had Maybe a slightly easier schedule and when we'll have some more tests coming up. I was just, I'm on basketball reference now. We have by far faced the easiest schedule in the league, uh like with a bullet. Um
2: so don't, don't let the pundits know that. Keep that Well, the- okay, okay, okay. <laughs> to be fair,
0: and part of it was like, we should have saw this coming. We really should have seen this coming in terms of their schedule. Like, we should have saw the yeah. schedule and been like, okay, they had seven of their first nine games at home that right there that's going to help you get a good start you start the season off against the 76ers i mean if we're going to start with an unserious team i guess we're going to start with an unserious team so whatever on that aspect you're that's your first road game too but again it's the sixers whatever you're going to be fine you play a bad Houston team. You play a Brooklyn team that it was always going to self-implode. Maybe not by maybe not this early, but they were always going to self-implode. The Knicks are okay, but you should you should beat the Knicks. The Hawks were probably like a threat. Okay. You get through that. And then you play the Pistons twice, who are not good. Promising. Scrappy, two years from now, will be a threat. Not good right now. Timberwolves, they're still trying to figure it out and they're okay. And then Oklahoma City, who are actively trying to tank in every way, shape, or form. I mean, again, if you're going to throw an unserious team for game one, that should have been a sign that this was going to be a very easy start to the season.
2: This is this, this is what the podcast missed, Kyle. this, yeah, this, we, the this is content. our new
0: segment. Is each week Kyle opens
1: it up with his uh, sort of long <laughs> recap of what the week was about each game. That's that'll be great. I love and, that.
2: And the beauty of it is, we'll always remember that we played Philadelphia to start the season, so we can always <laughs> go back to square one. <laughs> like
0: <laughs> everything for why the Bucks are doing well. Look at game one of the season. Yeah. <laughs> and that gives you everything you need to know.
2: It could be like I, I the, even the Pistons played us closer than the Sixers did. I mean, come on. <laughs> you
1: know? I didn't say that necessarily to poo to poo the Bucks or anything. I don't want to poo poo though. Because I think what you said at the outset, Kyle, was right, which is just this year has just been fun. Like It's just been an awesome year of basketball so far. I think this is kind of what we hoped maybe last year would start out as. And then we had a bunch of sort of injuries and absences, and then they got. He got off to kind of a, a helter skelter star, and it was he's
2: trying to carry everything. Brooke died, and then yep, then we officially heard he died, and then we we're like, "Well, he's going to come <laughs> back in like six months, all that sort of stuff."
1: But it's been just been fun to see almost everyone play, a, a probably at least up to your expectations, and and for in the most case, of some people even better. Like Brooke, Brooke Lopez has just been a revelation so far. It's awesome to watch.
2: I was going to ask who on the roster has like met or exceeded expectations the most because to me it would be brook is probably number one because i thought he was just done and quite obviously he is not Giannis would be up there as well just because last year we had the situation or um yeah it was last year where there were injuries and stuff and he picked up the load kind of on the fly a little bit with chris and drew going out for a little while and yet he was still able to perform now he's doing that with another two guys out, and it seems somewhat effortless. I'm not sure there's been a game so far where I've watched him. Like, he's really fighting out there to get these points. He like seems fresh as a daisy for the most part, and I think that's really impressive to him. Javon Carter, after if iffy start, he's been pretty much rock solid on defense, so I think he's met expectations there. Bobby's been fine. Grayson's been fine. Jordan War is on the team. George Hill is averaging like five <laughs> points a game. Which is George Hill a has George not Hill looked season.
0: completely like he is on
2: the verge of retirement. He's having a George Hill season. West Matthews, like every, pretty much literally everybody on the team has like met or exceeded expectations. I don't think there's a single guy, unless Marjan, but again he's a rookie uh, that hasn't at least gotten to what you would expect them for, uh, expect from them to start the season. It's really impressive, but it does. You're right, Adam, that Brooke gets the biggest nod because it's impressive oh, what yeah. he's doing. I, I think
0: it's more the Brooks D de- I think Brooks defense is looking better than it has since maybe like his first season, Milwaukee. like he looks, he looks like someone that is mobile again, which I think that was the biggest surprise for me because the dude had back surgery. Um, I think that's why I would say Brook. I mean, offensively, yes, he's doing what he is. He's bullying people. He's hitting some threes, but I think defensively how mobile he looks. And I think that was something that we didn't really see for a good part of the last two years. Granted one of them, because he died and it died. Um, and then the year before, I was like, maybe the just how many games they had played in the short offseason just kind of may, may, maybe that had something to do with it, like with the bubble and everything being weird. So
2: he, he's just playing; he's playing super aggressive on both ends of the floor. And for so long, it was like, when is Brooke gonna impose himself a little bit on offense? The three ball, I yeah, I haven't looked at the numbers. It is probably similar, but it feels like it's been going up a lot more and actually going in more so far this season. I'm not sure what the rate is, but it just feels like, okay, he's maybe not fully back to being sharp Brooke, but he's like a, a threat again. It looks like for at least the short term and on defense, he's just like <laughs> really showing out on guys like, or, or he's like, okay, I'll just wait here. And the guys around him are doing a great job of funneling him. So I think there's a combination there. Um, he starts it, but everybody else around him is fed into that as well. So it, it's, uh, outside of Giannis, he's probably been the MVP so far. Which, had you told me that would be the case through a perfect nine start, nine game start, I'd be like, "How high are you right now?" Uh, and apparently, you wouldn't be very <laughs> high at all. You'd be stone cold sober because that's what's happening.
1: Yeah, I also I. Credit to, to Drew as well. I mean, 20 points, eight assists so far this season per game, which is kind of crazy. Five and a half rebounds. He's obviously had to take on more of a load, so you kind of expected it to perk up with uh, Chris not out there. But he's, I don't know, he's really he's really picked up his game for the most part since those first couple outings. And it's it's pretty clear. I don't know how much defensively he's, he's putting out there. But I think one nice thing about, you know, Marjan at minimum looking competent. It does give Bud another way that he doesn't have to play West Matthews many minutes at all. Because for for him and Hill, it's basically just going to be a waiting game. And then a surge. Obviously, you want to save him for the playoffs too. So,
2: um, to what to place i was just about to say that's a break. <laughs> that's a you, you freeze
0: that, shit you put it, you preserve it, and then you let it thaw like late March. And then by the time we get to the playoffs, fresh and ready to go.
2: He's like he's like a mummy they find in the Andes mountains. They're like, don't move him, don't move. <laughs> he's gonna he'll bring him back out later, like a sci fi movie. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, God. Yeah.
1: I, I don't know. I mean, we talked a little bit about the defense. The defense has continued to be awesome. I, I mean, that's basically best, how they're winning all these best, games
2: best in the league again. Uh, and it, it looks it and it feels it. And again, that's the reason why we're winning. Cause the offense has been okay, but it doesn't have Chris out there. It doesn't have Pat out there. And yet, in spite of all that, uh, we are still a defense first team and it's super effective. And it feels sustainable. There's nothing about what we're doing that's like, oh, well, this will drop off eventually, unless Brooke takes a step back. But even like a little bit of a step back, we'd probably be able to overcome, no problem. So uh, yeah, that's reassuring.
0: I, I think the bigger issue would be if Javon Carter just suddenly could not, like if his defense was getting him too much of the foul trouble. That'd be like the one thing, because offensively, he's not, he'll have moments, but like he's not really contributing much on offense, his defense. So if that... Um, if his defense were to lead to him getting more fouls, getting him in more foul trouble, that might be the one concern. But once Pat Connaughton's back, that kind of at least eases that concern as well.
1: Yeah, and we should talk about that. It sounded like Pat Connaughton is, he's like at the three-week point from his injury, which is basically what they said, and he's going on this upcoming road trip they're on. So it sounded like, Bud, maybe, maybe he'll be coming back. We don't have any more clarity on Chris Middleton, but he did go practice with the Herd. So... I mean, at the at minimum, within the next few weeks, we'll have both of those guys, I, w- I would guess, back in the court. And then it'll be interesting to see how they shuffle the, the lineups.
2: Do you think Chris, even with one hand, was able to just absolutely sun the herd players? Like, was it like the Jimmy Butler, like, I'll beat you with the third stringer sort of situation? He just went to Oshkosh and <laughs> started I don't know. dominating I don't dudes? know.
0: Like, the herd are not a bad G League team. We have to remember that. So... I, I don't know. Maybe not with one hand. He's going to need two at least, but if he half-asses it, then maybe he could.
2: Chris was like, me and Marjan, let's go. And they just went two on five. and one. <laughs> me, Marjan, 30. and Alex,
0: and then Akumbo, let's do this. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, I don't know. Any other early season take? I guess the one other thing is, I mean, you, you, you can't necessarily take 9-0 for granted because there were also a lot of teams who were supposed to be good that are scuffling. So that's the other thing to remember is the Bucks are taking care of business and, it's going to be nice to have all these wins banked when the end of the season is coming and the standings are going to probably be neck and neck.
2: Yeah. It's a special start no matter the opponents you play and based on the schedule upcoming a couple of tests, but for the most part, it looks like we have every possibility to continue. And with how well, like the Cavs have started some of the other teams, anyone you bank in now, uh, it's all helpful. I think having the top seed, no, we don't really care, but it's nice to have, it's nice to have as many home games as you possibly can. So as many as you can bank and now go for it. So I love it.
0: It's also good to set the pace and that way. If you do have a little bit of a rough stretch, it's not like you're having to play catch up. It's kind of like, okay, you have, you have a buffer at least. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to have seven games at home to start the season, win as many of those as possible, no matter who you play. And I think, the next month should be pretty interesting because they got Cleveland twice and they have Dallas and those are probably going to be two and Atlanta. Like there's going to be some tough games mixed in there, but overall still a very ease easier month.
2: Do you guys, do you hope we lose before Chris comes back? Because I have serious concerns if we're, if we're perfect, and then Chris returns and we lose that first game how how people would react. I can imagine <laughs> I can see the takes now. Uh, is anybody concerned about not winning a or not losing a game before Chris returns? or we do we want to win as much as we can?
0: Win as much as you can and I swear to God if they lose the first game that Chris comes back. I'm not going on Twitter <laughs> for a week and I'll take a shot on this podcast. Yes okay well now i'm rooting for them to keep winning and
1: <laughs> lose. Win- we're getting a bottle back. soju and we're gonna get that
0: very good we're gonna get some sake going i don't know
1: <laughs> uh yeah i i will be rooting for that now um all right. Well, bucks are off to a great start, which is which is awesome. Here, we're going to take a real quick ad break on the other side of this. We'll do our miscellaneous topics first time for the new season, and then we'll uh, we'll close it all out. So stay tuned. All right, we are back. It's time for rapid fire. I have them this week. Let me just pull up the questions real quick. Okay. So. Wow, these I I didn't spend too much time on these. All right, uh, all right. What's the worst haircut you think you've ever had, or worst hairstyle? Ooh. Uh,
2: I got a good one. This is this was recent too. Uh, I went. We have a a salon like up and around the corner, and uh, you know it, this was not this past haircut before my wedding, but before that, and my hair had gotten really long, so I was like, oh, I'll just go, whatever. And I described to the um, salon artist, I was like, oh, you know, I I parted to the left. I don't, you know, take a couple inches off in the back and then shorten it, however, around to make it make sense. And she was like, oh, you want to look like Keith Urban. I was like, (laughs) I was like, I don't know about that. Can you pull up a picture? And she pulls up a picture. I'm like, it's whatever. I'm like, it's fine. It's close enough ish. I was like, And she literally cut it so short and then she parted it right down the middle and did like a a, an m on my head with the product (laughs) (laughs) i literally i walked out of that shop and i threw a hat on so quick i was embarrassed to walk outside it was (laughs) i looked horrible i looked and i was able to wash my hair and the product was out and everything it was fine after like a couple of days but it was embarrassing thank god Catherine was out of town so nobody saw it i was like (laughs) 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 she said keith Irvin." i said yes and then she just gave me the worst haircut i've ever had so that was Uh, i was
0: gonna say for me i went this had to have been like in the sometime in the summer of high school but i went to get a haircut and my barber was nowhere to be found and it was like 30 to 45 minutes pass and he's still just nowhere to be found so then the other guy was like do you want me to just like go and cut your hair otherwise we could reschedule and I was like you know what I don't want to do that I don't want to drive I don't fuck it let's just do it. And he would He last words. Yep, and he could not... Like, the line... Like, trying to line the hair was a disaster. It was just so bad. And I got home... And I didn't see it at first. And I got home, and saw. I was like, oh, no. And I just got a razor, just shaved the rest of it off. I was like, I will just shave it all off. I'm going military buzz cut. I'm not... Like, I couldn't. Oh, that was... Yeah, I and I vividly remember the next time I saw him, I was like, you need I I swear here's my cell phone, please. If you're ever gonna be that late or nowhere to be found again, please let me know and I'll just reschedule.
2: (laughs) That's Uh, so funny. You paid the money and then said, F it, I'm just getting rid of all of (laughs) it. I I paid the
0: money, I got home, I saw I was like, Absolutely not. God. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: All right, uh, okay. And then I have, a uh, in honor of um, Gabe Stoltz's wonderful question to Giannis that seems to have inspired a lot of uh, stuff about after Giannis said he's been eating fruit before game or something, which, like, good on him for finally figuring <laughs> that out or something. Well, I mean, he's eating At popcorn point. on the bench. Like, I don't yeah, know what know. this man's uh, diet is, but
2: <laughs> um,
1: doesn't seem the healthiest. No. Uh, what, uh, what would be your pregame fruit? Uh, if you were to do this before an NBA game?
0: I'd probably say an apple and peanut butter.
2: I would do a banana because bananas help with water distribution in your body. This is That's like a runner 101. You're supposed to eat a banana before a long run because it helps with fluid distribution throughout your blood vessels and stuff. So I would do a banana. Hmm. I didn't
1: know that. Okay, good. Um, will Giannis finish over 30 points per game? on the season.
2: I am going to say yes. I think he will. Um, I think they're there, like I said, I've just been impressed with the way he's played. I don't, I can't imagine another team that's going to guard him effectively, maybe like the Raptors, because they have usually a solid defense against him, but he will put up enough huge numbers against the bad teams and still be super effective against the good teams that I think he's going to get there. And I think he he's on a mission to get the third MVP. He would never admit it publicly, but I think he's on a mission to go for it and getting 30 points is going to be a big way plus the record for the team. But I think he'll do it.
0: I don't think he will. I think he'll fall like in the 28, 29, but he is still going to go for that third MVP. So I wouldn't be surprised if like he has like 28 points, 14 or 15 rebounds. like, eight or nine assists a game. Especially with Chris coming back. I think it will also give more options of who can score a little bit more. Um, All right. Next one. Do you,
1: uh, after you've, let's say you've cooked a steak or chicken or some other meat on the, on the grill, do you then need um, barbecue sauce to dip it in in order to eat it?
0: A steak? No. What do you do? No, not for steak.
2: Um, I don't eat barbecue, so no, not really. I, I will, I'll get it if it's like ribs, but any other thing, I will not do barbecue for
0: Yeah, if it's anything. ribs or I'm trying to like, if you like get like uh shredded pork or something, if you like shredded beef or something, yeah, barbecue also the way. If it's a steak, no, throw some butter on it.
2: We would have the oldest ass bottle of Sweet Baby Ray's in my fridge growing up. It would be like two years old and my dad would use it. I'm like, you're a sicko. Like, what are you doing, dude? One, it's Sweet Baby Ray's, like just the plain stuff. And that thing has been in there for longer than I've been alive. <laughs> it's been here since before I showed up, dude. So, uh, yeah, I was not a fan of the barbecue we had at home. That, so that's I will say
0: Texas since. barbecue is pretty damn good. I will give I will give that state that. Good barbecue.
1: Well, that's a good segue to uh, my last question was do you are you someone who needs to throw food out on the expiration date?
0: Absolutely not.
2: What uh no. If it if it's after, I do a little taste test. I'm like is it tasting funky? If it's like <laughs> if there's not obviously like obvious mold, if there's something right. obviously wrong, I'm going to toss it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, produce, I'm like, I definitely look at the produce, like, hey, how, how does this look? You know what, we'll be fine. Like, I had some cider, <laughs> and I poured it in the glass, and it said, like, oh, yeah, Emma's like, it's been open for, like, a month and a half. And I was like, it oh, seems fine. She's like, if you get sick, I'm not going to take care of you, and I will be pissed <laughs> off. And I was like, this isn't worth the risk, but I would have drank it if I didn't know how long it had been open.
2: Um i'm not like one of those weirdos who like cut off the mold from the cheese like oh the rest of the cheese is still good no, I'm like, no nah, that's too to much <laughs> <place>. <laughs> i um, will do that it, for
0: like a strawberry or raspberry if it's just like one that's moldy I'm, i'll like throw that and maybe like the two that touch it and call it damn, good but that's risky. <laughs> it's risky i don't do that no it, it <laughs> like if it's in the corner we're fine we're fine <laughs>
2: Kyle, you do just get, you cut it off. You're like, ah, this strawberry is good. Sterling, get over here. That's what I was going to say. If
0: the kids eat it, it's, they'll be, if the kids can eat it, it'd be fine. Why can't I? Yeah. Why? Uh, I'm, I, I'm done now. Uh, <laughs> Kyle, film review. <laughs> all right. Uh, I was going to do this one last week if we had recorded, but we didn't in the spirit of Halloween. Uh, I'm going to do Hocus Pocus 2. Uh, so that came out. Um, For those that didn't watch the first Hocus Pocus, I would say it wouldn't hurt to watch it, but you don't need to watch it to understand the second one. Like they do talk about the events that happened in the first one, which was kind of helpful because especially for me, like I only watch it once a year, like around Halloween. I watch it with Emma and then I don't watch it ever again. So it's kind of nice, like as a reminder, but I think it was fine. It, It definitely felt like you didn't need to make this movie. You know, I, I, I don't think that was... You didn't need to make the movie, Disney. That that was a money grab if that if there was a money grab. Bette Midler, though, did pretty great. I mean, she's like, what, 80? She crushed it. Like, the Sanderson sisters did a great job. And the cast was fine. And they had Tony Hale, who's always hilarious. So that was fun. But, yeah, the movie wasn't necessary. But it was like a fine, like, you can throw it on and watch. And it's like, you're not going to be overly disappointed unless you're like one of those that are like weirdly obsessed with Hocus Pocus. I give it a six like it's a fine watch but didn't
2: need to be made All right, my my two questions are one is it like a witch like a witches sort of thing is it a kid so it's a Disney so it's like kid friendly presumably, it's kid right? friendly enough yeah okay so yeah. it's not like a spooky movie and then no. I don't know anything about the plot or anything which is fine is Hocus Pocus the first one in the pantheon of Halloween movies I hear I hear about it all the time, but I don't know like how well regarded it is.
0: I understand why it gets the acclaim that it does. I personally don't think it's the best Halloween movie, but I can understand if someone's like it's a it's a fun movie to watch on Halloween, I would get it.
1: Okay. Well, you can't leave us hanging. Then what is what is the best say, Halloween yeah. movie?
0: I would say I, I, I'm always I always go back to like the Blair Witch project. As one, and then uh. the Nightmare Before Christmas. I'm calling it a Halloween movie. I don't care. It's not a Christmas movie. It's Halloween.
2: Is, is Blair Witch Project the like found footage one or whatever? The, like, is that what it is? That's uh, too yeah. spooky for me. I hate scary movies. So. I, that's like <laughs> the
0: only scary movie that I'm like, okay, I will watch. I am not a scary movie person. Like any, like the Paranormal Activities. I was not a fan of. Like,
2: oh, no. I literally, too- I would. I watched those and I would like grab whoever was next to me and hold on to them the whole time. I was like, why am I here? I should just, I have a car. I should just leave. Right. <laughs> watch the stupid movie.
0: Like Get Out was like, I had like Get Out and Nope and all like all the Jordan Peele ones. Like I will watch that at home at my own couch in daylight. I'm not watching that at a dark theater. <laughs> I'm sure it's great. Like I haven't seen Nope. I'm sure it's great when it is available on streaming. I'll watch it on a Sunday afternoon. Yep. I like Halloween Town. Personally,
1: oh, I haven't at it in a long time. Yeah,
2: it, it aged really well. We watched it, uh, I think, last Halloween. I was like, this is better than it had any right remaining, being like the stupid skeleton cab driver. I'm like, this is something they had, they had five bucks for this prop, and they really made those five bucks fly. It was impressive. I was like, it's pretty good.
1: Uh All right, well, I'm looking it. We just started switching from youtube baby annoying stuff to disney plus movies so well i'll uh, i'll have to watch Hocus see Sports we're the opposite we
0: we went from disney plus to sterling that will watch like toys like videos on youtube i'm just like <laughs> yeah we just Whatever. we just polished off the high school musical trilogy
1: the other day. oh excellent so, excellent yeah. surprised that surprised that i enjoyed those at all <laughs> um Anyway, second one okay. is
2: second one again, also, as is, is much better than it is any right being. That's my
1: score I score hated take. the second one. Okay, uh, Riley, fountain pen review.
2: Um, this one's special here, guys, because this is the first pen I think you could go to any old Barnes and Noble near you and you could get this for 20 bucks. This is the Faber Castell <laughs> Grip. Um, and you guys can't see it, but I got this as a gift. Actually, you probably could see it a little bit. I got this as a gift for my then fiance, now wife as a oh here's like a journal here's this because I was into it I was like this is an easy way for you to try it you could try it um she loved it so much that my dog ate it uh and he had it for like 20 to 25 minutes and she had (laughs) not a clue and she's not used it since so I'm taking it back for myself uh (laughs) there's dog bite marks all over it but I should say this thing is super comfortable. This is this is like a way better pen than it has any right being. The whole body is all plastic, and you think, oh, that's kind of cheap, but it's twenty bucks. You get cartridges of ink, like six or seven of them, with the container that you just pop it in the pen. You're good to go. And this here, this is critical. The grip is like a plastic, um, like a squ- not squishy, but sort of like a soft plastic. It makes such a difference because even when I write and you're supposed to almost just let your hand flow, you're still pushing down on your middle finger or however your grip is. You're usually still applying some pressure. And after using any of my other pens, I have a huge indent in my finger. Usually this no problem whatsoever. Like it's run super easy. I have had no issues with it putting ink down um faber is uh one of the best known art brands they have like 20 or 30 models of fountain pen um and they also sell a lot of cartridges so if you wanted i think it's like 20 different colors of ink you could buy in a cartridge which is the easiest way to just again pop it in don't have to think about it um really good so if anybody out there is at all interested in a fountain pen any Barnes & Noble, any a lot of like bookstores and stuff, uh, they will have this. This is the way to go. The Faber-Castell Grip is the way to do it, because um, it's going to get you started, and you can get easy, like simple nibs. You could get a fine, medium, broad, whatever you want. It's for relatively cheap, so highly recommend it for those who actually have any interest in this stupid hobby of mine.
0: I have started journaling, so maybe I'll have to check that out. I might need Forget- a new journal though to make sure it works and <laughs>
2: wise, but... That the, the and it's another good thing because at Barnes and Noble they sell a lot of their journal papers. They sell Term, which will work, and they also have another couple other journal brands. They usually if you get them there, the fountain pen will be okay with it as well. But yeah, so so yeah, that's my review this week. Very cool. I
1: that, that's that's exciting. A nice um, entry level pen. All right, we're gonna close it out with predictions. Three games this week, all on the road. At the Hawks on Monday. At the Thunder Wednesday. At the Spurs. On Friday. Kyle, what say you? 3-0.
0: 3-0. The Hawks game is going to be interesting, but I feel confident playing the Thunder and Spurs. Both teams are not good. Both teams are probably tanking, and we'll realize they are going to be tanking. So, yeah, I'll say 3-0.
2: I think we'll also be perfect. I know the idea of Trey Young and DeJounte Murray is a little scary because they're guys who thrive a little bit in the mid-range. They take like no threes, almost no threes as a team, uh, which is really, really odd given their personnel. Um, But I think we have the size and the defense is playing so well that we should be able to take care of that. And like Kyle said, Thunder Spurs should be scheduled wins. So I think a perfect week as well.
1: I'll go 3-0, a little... I'm, I am I want to keep the good vibes rolling. Trey Young's questionable for Monday, apparently. So that makes me feel even better about Monday. San Antonio, I feel good about it. We've won, I think, more in recent years down there. But that was a house of horrors for Milwaukee for like two, two-plus decades. Even a little bit beyond the Tim Duncan era. So uh, that's the only one that makes me a little nervous. And they've been playing much better than they were supposed to coming into this year. So... Um, but I think the bucks will keep it perfect and keep it rolling. So always good. hopefully we have a we have a nine and0 Milwaukee Bucks team best start in franchise history. They're awesome. They're fun to watch. They're so much more fun than basically every other Wisconsin sports team, which is which is really good. So um, all right, that'll do it for the Brew Hoof podcast. Share it with your friends. Go to the website. We'll have our usual uh, features there. and until next time we'll see you again soon.